Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. This week, I always tell you I have a special treat for you. And sometimes I'm lying. It's just me. But this week, I am no longer alone. I've got a special guest with us this week. And yes, I say that about all my guests. And yes, I say what I'm about to say about all my guests. But Whitney, <laughs> you're going to see just it's going to be different this time. I know I've had some great guests for you guys and some guests that you're not all that happy with that you told me about. But Whitney is someone who is very heavily screened prior to coming aboard, I have seen what Whitney puts out. I have witnessed her progress. She is not only a licensed broker, she's an auctioneer, a contractor, and believe it or not, she's even a notary. <laughs> I think that Whitney has more certifications and more licenses than even I do, which is kind of crazy because I used to hang all those licenses on my wall. I think Whitney's got me beat. Whitney, welcome to the show. I got to tell you, Tyler, that my husband, I told him if he didn't propose, I was going to have every license that Tennessee offered except a marriage license, and he needed to get on it. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you won. You won the battle because people used to make fun of me because you can wallpaper the license with all the courses I've taken. And, you know, I still don't have a college degree, but <laughs> yeah. I got you, one of those too. You got me beat. I don't have contractor or auctioneer. <laughs> of course, as much as I talk, I could probably get auctioneer. Yes, yes. So this month, listeners, we are going to, there's this episode here with Miss Whitney Nicely, and they were going to have a follow-up episode with the Women's Real Estate Investor Network. That is the short for, that's the long version of what they call REN, which is a new organization that has started. It started originally out in California for some friends of mine and my wife, Jill's, that you all know and love. And Jill has opened up the REN chapter here in Florida. And Whitney, I believe, will be opening up a Tennessee and a Georgia location coming soon. And I don't want to spoil it all for the ladies on their next episode. They are going to do a hostile takeover of the Cashflow Guys podcast studio. I've been instructed to walk away from the microphone and let Jill take over, which I guess I'll be sitting out in the yard drinking a beer. don't know how that's going to play out yet, but <laughs> y'all stay tuned for next week's episode. But this week, Whitney, tell me about... You're licensed to do anything possible with real estate. What That's brought you right. to that? I, I came from a trucking background. I'm the fourth generation dump trucker in my family. And we needed a general contractor so that we could do road jobs. So I got the industrial and commercial general contractor's license in 08, 
But when I was taking the test, it was only 10 more questions to get a residential license also. And my mama told me I'd be crazy if I didn't just go ahead and get the residential license. So I've been working on this since 08. And then I've definitely used my license for more residential jobs than I have commercial jobs. But, you know, the big jobs pay more when I do use it for that. <laughs> man, man. And being a broker, I mean, it's one thing just to get your license, your regular salesperson's license, but you went for broker as well. You own your own brokerage or? Yes, I'm a control freak. I don't like anybody telling me what to do or when to do it or why to do it. I like to do, you know, what I can when I can. And so I started Whitney Buys Houses as my brokerage firm in 2015, early 2015. All right, cool. Now, besides being a broker, you are the auctioneer and the contractor, and we and we briefly touched on that. But what? How do you see? How does the? Where did the auctioneer thing come in? Because that's not a combination I usually see. I usually see a broker or an auctioneer, but you are very different, being both. How does that play out? What led to legend of that? Well, I knew I wanted to do real estate, and I wanted to do real estate auctions because you can have one a month, one real estate auction a month, and make as much as if you had a Saturday sale every week. And I just, I love real estate. I mean, down in my bones, I love real estate. I talk about it all the time. And it just made sense. If I was going to sell real estate, I needed to have an auctioneer's license also. And I've done just a handful of auctions since I've been out on my own because I do focus so much on investing. But, you know, that being said, I'm completely capable of doing a large land transaction. And you know, I, I'll have to brag on my husband here. He says that I'm a one-stop shop. If you're in Tennessee and you want to build it, auction it, sell it, or, you know, flip it quick, if you want to own or finance it, if you want to lease option it, I mean, whatever you want to do to it, I'm fully capable to handle all of those situations. That's pretty awesome. And now, you know, I, I find it interesting. As we were talking before we started recording the show, the, the majority of my listeners are, I have more, a higher percentage of women listeners than I do men which tells me that there are more women out there interested in, in real estate investing, or at least admitting that they need to learn or they want to learn and are willing to take the steps to learn to get involved in real estate investing. Because from what I've told, it's, and I guess I don't, you don't think about it much when you're a man, it's this was a good old boy type network. And now I see a big shift and, and I, you and I had talked about, we've done our cash flow events for the central Florida women investors group and things like that, where there's large groups of women out there, groups like Ren, Central Florida Women Investors, things like that, that are out there taking action. Let's talk about that. I mean, you, you, you're kind of, I look at you like you're an inspiration to women out there that are looking to take some action. That's why I have wanted you on this show. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm glad to know that I'm a little bit of inspiration for somebody, but I think you nailed it. A lot of women are interested in real estate. They're really curious. They watch the shows. They talk to other men who do this. And there's not a lot of women like Jill and I who are willing to stand up and say, you know what? I am woman. Hear me roar. I'm pretty awesome at this. And y'all need to pay attention. The other thing is come join me. There's plenty of opportunities for all women to jump into the pool. Come on in. The water is fine. I'll show you how to do this. It's, 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 amazing and it's so much more fun to actually flip the house than it is to watch those shows and watch those other people do it yeah that's for sure i can you know i see on now we, we both do coaching and, and folks uh, whitney's a coach as well however her coaching is exclusive to women which i think is kind of cool another reason i wanted her on the show because some of the listeners that have called in they they have said they would maybe feel comfortable they would like a, a woman coach 
and there's Whitney. You know, Jill's going to be doing coaching down the road at some point, but that's not available yet. She's still out there taking down deals, which is, of course, so am I, but that's her thing. So, Whitney, what do you find, what do you think the biggest fear that, that women have getting into real estate investing at first? Is it looking stupid? Because I hear that a lot from guys, and I hear that a lot from everybody, really, is, oh, my God, I don't want to sound stupid, or I, I don't, I'm afraid. I'm going to look bad. What do you find is the biggest thing that's holding people back from taking that next step, especially with women? Well, I think people have the misconception that it takes $100,000 cash to get started in real estate investing. And, you know, one of my first purchases was $1,500. And I got a half acre piece of industrial land in the city of Knoxville, and I rent it for $250 a month. So six months later, I got all my money back. A year from the day I bought it, I've doubled down my investment. And once I present real estate like that, everybody's like, or I won't say everybody, but, you know, 95% of the people I talk to are like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, sign me up. When do we start? And then I talk about, you know, buying houses. One of the first houses I bought, I put a $10 check on it, and I think everybody's pretty much got $10 in their pocket. And then eight weeks later, I turned around and collected a check for 15000 So if I can teach you how to make $10 turn into 15000 in two months, I mean, I got people lined up around the block to learn how to do that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, it's I find that that, that fear for sometimes for, for them is so crippling. And, and I think you hit it right on the head. There are so many misconceptions out there, so many things that people, they're, not, they're afraid to ask the questions. They don't want to sound stupid, so they're just going to go ahead and assume. Okay, this is probably a little bit more psychological than you normally get into. But when we were kids and we were in elementary school, I mean, it was like 95% of our teachers were women, right? Right. And now that we're adults, I think psychologically we still revert back to being taught by a woman is just more comfortable. We're able to ask more questions than if we're dealing with a man. I mean, when we got on up into college, uh, most of the professors were men and it was just on a different level. So when I coach my women, it's woman to woman. They aren't afraid to ask me those questions. They aren't afraid to be silly because, you know, I kind of open up with, hey, I did this wrong. I said this, I did that, blah. I survived. I'll be fine. You will be fine. And so I kind of lead the charge with saying, don't worry about looking silly. Don't worry about not knowing what you're going to do. I'm going to teach you word for word what I say as a woman to get the deals. Because Tyler, what you're going to say to get the deal, it's just going to come out different. Even if you know we say the same words, it just means different because we just have a different way of presenting a situation. And when I teach women that, it just clicks that it's okay. She's done this. She's lived through this. And she's telling me to do this, that, and the other. And it works. And my women come back all their time and they're like, oh my gosh, I sounded just like you. And I'm like, yay. There you go. And that's, you know, and I tell people this and they look at me. It's funny because when we're out in circle in investing circles and we're, we're meeting people and Jill and I are together, people look at me as if I'm supposedly the expert and, and Jill's the little woman, which is hilarious because and I even tell them, it's like, um, they ask a question and I look at Jill like, well, you better answer that one because it takes a brain. <laughs> <laughs> I may get behind the microphone here and, and whatnot. And I, and, and I do obviously know what I'm doing, but when it comes down to expertise, Jill is, is far better at, at this than, and she, frankly, she's a far more skilled negotiator when, you know, you call me and when you want someone beat about the head and shoulders, if you want the heavy, the, the bad cop, then I'm good at that. I got a PhD in bad cop. But uh, good cop, you know, Jill can do both. And 
very effectively to where men or women, she's going to get what she needs out of that negotiation. And the other party's going to walk away with a big smile on their face, which is awesome. Do you know why? It's because we learned how to do that as little girls growing up. We learned how to get, you know, the boys in our class around our little fingers so they, you know, do our homework or we learned how to get our daddy or an uncle or somebody. We just learned how to say certain things that makes everybody get the warm and fuzzies, even if I just killed that negotiation. Exactly. Exactly. But here's the thing you got to back up to is that you're actually out there doing it. You're taking the steps to do it because you can't ever get to that point. Unless you take action. And that's what Absolutely. I say all the time on the show is you've got to take action. Now, here's a perfect example. Uh, <laughs> Christina Griffin is, is our team leader on the real estate side. She heads up the Griffin Group that's uh, through Caldwell Banker that w where we hang our license. Here's a woman who has survived. Both of her parents have died. Her, she raised her sister. Her sister died. The woman has had cancer, Almost lost her both her life and a child in the process and somehow managed to knock out 600 real estate transactions in one year. There's no way in hell, pardon my French, that a man would ever pull that off. No. We, and we're just you we're good multitaskers. And we had in March, March is Women's History Month. And so the local Knox Rhea, we did a women's meeting that night. And our topic was women make the best investors because we just get it. And we don't so much let our pride get in the way of getting the deal done. What we have a hard time with is getting our feelings in the middle and not making enough money. Okay, that makes sense. And I, I like to, you know, get your feelings out of the way. Let's cash these checks. And <laughs> I've got hints. plenty of friends. I don't need another seller to be my friend. I need the seller to work with me and do what I need them to do. <laughs> Actually, that's a great topic. I'd like to talk. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit about getting the feelings out of the way? Now, I don't. I haven't really seen Jill ever get into that way because she's not emotional at all when it comes to that type of thing. Uh, she'll come unwound for the small things, the little thing like, oh, my God, that lizard just got run over and she'll fall to pieces. But... <laughs> You know, somebody goes out and gets hit hit by a tractor trailer. She'll be like, I got it. I got it. Give me the head. I'll put it back on the shoulders. Everything will be fine. You know, everything yeah. is good. The monumental stuff doesn't phase her at all. But I want to talk about that a little bit more. Can you go a little deeper into that about let, not let the emotion take over? Yeah, I, I got to agree. I cry over dog commercials, but people and baby commercials, I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so this is what I tell Jason. He doesn't get it sometimes because in our relationship, Jason is my husband and he is the brains. I am the brawn. If you need it done, tell me I'll have it done before he could plan it out. But I tell him this all the time is that he thinks with his analytical brain and I think with my heart brain and I have to, and he reminds me of this sometimes, the way women get so dug down in our feelings is because all of the sellers that we're talking to, they're in some sort of situation that just isn't all unicorns and rainbows. And it doesn't always have to be that they're losing their house. It doesn't always have to be that they got a divorce. It could just be that like one house I bought, the people who owned it had it free and clear. And out of the kindness of their heart, they had been renting it to a friend of the family's kid. Right. Well, you know, and I know that the friend of the family's kid hasn't paid in like nine months. They don't plan on paying because they got that in. You know, it's practically, and I say this with air quotes, it's practically their aunt and uncle that they're renting from. Why would they have to pay rent? Exactly. So I come in as the heavy and say, hey, I'm buying this house. Y'all got to get out now. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm glad to do that job because I get to buy this house 
I did it on owner financing. I make my payments to these people and you know, they're thrilled because they're actually getting some money and they didn't get the blame put on them. I took all the heat for kicking those people out of that house. Mm. Now, regardless of they hired me to go do that, I still did it. And a lot of women would, you know, I, these people hadn't been paying and, you know, I didn't have to be hard, but I basically said, y'all got to the end of the month to get out. And, you know, if it's the 19th, that means 11 days. And I mean, I will be here on the first to start doing what I'm going to do to this house. And you're not and, afraid of them like freaking out and throwing stuff at you, guy grabbing you by the throat or something like that. Does that ever come up? How's that work out? It also, I mean, you know, you and I sitting here talking about it, I sound like Mighty Mouse, but when I actually do it, I'm like, y'all got to go. And they just get it. They haven't been paying. They get it. They know. They were waiting on somebody to tell them they needed to go. Now, see, if I go try that, the next thing you know, they're like throwing frying pans at me and all kinds of garbage, you know. It goes back to that just psychological thing. If you and I say the same thing, I'm going to say it's going to come across different if I say it than if you say it. Well, that's absolutely true. I've seen that happen more than once. For I mean, the exact same words. It just comes across different. You're, people are like, oh, okay, I'll leave. <laughs> uh, so. I will tell you, knock on wood, I have not had to evict anybody because I've just, you know, sent them a text message or a call and been like, you haven't paid in two months. You got to go. I can't handle this anymore. And they're like, yeah, we know. We're leaving. We found another place already. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's okay. So, Thanks. but you spend a lot of time in tenant selection. In other words, you're not renting to anybody that can fog a mirror either, are you? I had one woman. I do lease options and owner financing, and I had one woman in October of 2015, like right before I got married. She was going to buy a house from me. She put forty thousand dollars down, and as we sit here in September of 2016, she is no longer in that house because she could not afford five hundred dollars a month in rent, and she voluntarily left. Good Lord. Or how, I don't even understand that. How could she even have $40,000 to put down if she can't afford 500 a month? She got an insurance settlement or an inheritance settlement or some sort of something. And my mentor told me, because I, I, I haven't talked to him in like a year or two, but I, I sent him an email and I was like, what do you think about this? And his only response was easy come, easy go. All right, then. I can't say I argue with that logic at all. Not one bit. And I've got it back out on the market. I've had it for about a week and I've got three applications in on it. So you're an agent, but you also do wholesaling as well. I don't really wholesale because I am a control freak and I like to own the property, keep it for a year or two so that I get long-term capital gains on it instead of short-term. And in wholesaling, it's really in my opinion, bottom of the barrel meeting bottom of the barrel. And I just, I, I have not seen one make as much as I can make on a regular lease option deal. And I, I do whole tailing sometimes where I'll get a contract on a property for maybe the wholesale price and I put it out on the retail market and some uh, Joe and Sally Smith are pre-approved. They've been wanting this house and they get a mortgage and buy it. And I get retail list price, okay. but, but that's not really wholesaling. So if I, if somebody calls up on the, and, and I'm going to lead you on this one, I think I already know the answer, but I'm asking anyway, just because I, I think it's going to be cool. Um, I call you up on the phone and say, Whitney, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need to get rid of this house. I, I need to sell this house 
right now. And you get out to the house and realize there's no way in hell I want this house. What do you do? Well, I've got a couple pre-qualifying questions. Why do you need to get rid of it right now? What kind of trouble are you in? Because if you're six months behind on your note, I'm not your girl. Really? I don't want that. I'm not going to pay those fees and fines. If you know, like I bought two houses like this this summer. These people knew that come this fall, they were going to be tied on money and they needed to move. And they, for whatever, didn't like the house, didn't want to rent it. They just wanted to turn it over to me. Well, I've already sold one of them and I've got the other one with applications coming in on it now. But people can look ahead into the future and say, you know what? I'm okay right now, but I'm not going to be okay in six months. Go ahead and take this problem from me. That way their credit never gets hit. I can pre-plan what I'm going to be able to do, and they can budget what they need to survive for those two or three months while I'm working on it. So in essence, you're, you're identifying a problem, and then yes. you're coming out with a workout for that problem, provided they haven't already cut their nose off completely. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the F word. I don't okay. deal with foreclosures. There's too much paperwork involved and pre-foreclosures is all the same thing. There's too too many upper people you got to talk to and I don't like it. <laughs> I see. So I, you're, you're looking at just, you're solving problems and, and just doing things that are making sense and you're not having to get a whole bunch of attorneys involved. And, oh my and gosh. All the corporate stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you heard my most recent episodes about the REO properties. Like, yeah, they are Ugh. an absolute nightmare, but now my primary focus as an agent is, is that in the commercial spectrum, in the commercial space, so that makes things a little easier in that regard. Now, what, what happens for you? I just a quick question. What happens for you when you, when you get one of? The, I'm sure you get these calls. I mean, you you have a big, big marketing play out there. And and what do you do? What do you tell these people when they call and say they're coming to get me? They're coming to take the house. You should have called me a year ago. I've been in business for like four or five years now. Where were you then? Yeah, right. I can't help you. I'm, I'm not Jesus. I can't save everybody. Okay. <laughs> you need to, you know, get ahead of the game here. So when you're looking for property, then how do you source your opportunities to find your property? Are you running it, calling, responding to ads? Are you running ads? Or, or what is the ideal situation for you to acquire a property? I absolutely adore free and clear properties. And believe it or not, people have their properties paid off in America. I know most people think that everything's mortgaged, but it's not. A lot of stuff is free and clear. And I strategically target those people or people with large equity spreads. I like absentee owners. I like landlords that are tired of being landlords. I like people that have inherited a property and they live in Florida and I'm in Tennessee. Don't worry, honey. I'll take over this problem for you. Good old-fashioned doing real estate deals. I love it. Yeah. None of that extra spice and and, no. and and fervor and all the garbage that goes on out here in the marketplace. None of that. Don't jump through hoops. No, no drama. You know, Tyler, simple works. People does, understand simple. But here's the thing. Simple freaks people out. It's because it's too simple. They don't, they're, they're suspect of simple. I mean, maybe I've turned a couple of people off, but I mean, I'm telling you, my, Sellers, my buyers, they all just love me because I'm very upfront and honest. And this is what I'm doing. This is how much money I'm making. Uh, this is why I do this. And they're like, fine, whatever. Where can I sign? Outstanding. So you're identifying the problem, coming up with a solution that makes sense. But here's the best part you said, because I love this, because this is what I learned from uh, one of my mentors. And everybody knows Larry Harbolt's one of my mentors. Larry does this very same thing. He targets people that have free and clear homes. 
and helps them structure a retirement plan using their real estate, which is the reason they probably bought it in the very in the first place. But you know, when I tell people that, Whitney, people are like, "There's no such thing as a paid-off house." People don't have paid-off houses. <laughs> people have paid-off apartment complexes. They have paid-off storage units. They have everything paid off. And yeah. you, once you find those people, it's like this whole magical world of real estate that you never knew existed. And <laughs> unicorns do why exist. Why ever go back? <laughs> to first-time home buyers and all that kind of junk is beyond me once you find this honey hole. Exactly. So talking about going back to basics, you've got a cool trip coming up, and you call it the Biltmore trip. I want to hear about it. We are going to Biltmore in Asheville, North Carolina, and I say we because there's 20 women. It's a small group. It's a very selective group of high-achieving women in real estate, okay? Um, this is going to be like the place to actually network and create some real friendships that you'd actually want to carry on after you leave the retreat. And we're going to Biltmore because I can't think of anywhere else in America that says money and luxury and fancy <laughs> than the Biltmore estate, which is the largest single family residence in America. And I've got seven different real estate speakers coming lined up on Friday. And then on Saturday, we've got a behind the scenes tour of real estate of Biltmore. And we're going to be looking at the architecture and, you know, talking about what actually happened here. Um, but also, it's just a nice time to relax with a group of like minded women. It's not a hustle and hand out your card situation. It's an actual relaxed and let it flow kind of party. And a great, it sounds like an outstanding network opportunity to be around other powerful women or other women that are looking to, to, to get to that point or step outside the box and take some action and get out there and crush it. Is that true? I mean, I had a hard time deciding which seven women would be the speakers because even the people that are attending are just knocking it out of the park. It's, it's this perfect gathering of all of my real estate you know, girl crushes, right. I guess, that I've known for the last couple of years. And unfortunately, Jill and I have just, you know, fallen in love with each other in the last couple of months. So I don't think she's able to come. But right. next year, I fully plan on having her and the other Wren women there. Awesome. Now, is Gina Lofton in that lineup by chance? No, she's not. I'll tell you, Carol Sankar is out of North Carolina. She'll be there. Yeah. April Crosley will be there. She covers uh, self-directed IRAs and um, flipping real estate with your retirement. Right. Uh, Victoria Morris is coming from Knoxville. She flipped 38 houses in 2015 Whoa. with no money. None nice. of her own money. Nice. So, I mean, and then I've got a mortgage broker friend. She qualifies the unqualifiable. And uh, we're still not sure if unqualifiable is a word, but right. <laughs> I understand it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's some federal regulation against that word. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say, dang it. <laughs> Some equal housing, fair housing, something or other. Everybody's qualified. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, well, some people have bad credit and no jobs, and yeah. you know she puts them on a plan to get it done. Oh, and then we got a property manager coming to talk us about, you know, some people look at property manager like an expense, like, oh, I got to pay these people when I could, still, I could do that myself. No, 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 no. If you have a good property manager, they are making you money. Well, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Why is it? I'm, I got to stop you right there. And we're running low on time, but I just got to spit this out. I, somebody, some, someone, somebody's going to explain to me why property management is such a big deal. People, I just did one today for a kid. I'm helping him 
work on a, a storage unit facility and nobody's ever i i can manage it myself no you can't <laughs> no you can't you you your job is to go out and get deals not deal with what you've already done exactly you got to keep growing it's like saying oh well i've got this business i'm not going to market it anymore because i'm where i want to be yeah, what no. no never stop who else you got uh, I got an architect coming to teach us because when you talk to women about real estate, I can see their lights, their eyes light up and they're like, ooh, let's talk about staging. And staging starts with the foundation. If your kitchen is all jacked up, no amount of fluffy stuff is going to overcome that. So I have an architect coming to tell us how to stage from the foundation. And if you are going in and you're going to flip it, you're going to gut like the kitchen, there's ways with the footprint of the house that you can make it work better. You can make it look bigger. You can do certain things that, you know, rearranging the coffee pot just isn't going to do. Right. Yeah. That makes a huge difference in, in how things play out the rest of the transaction. Yep. Could, nothing could be more true. Whitney, and thank you I, so much. I, I really appreciate you spending the time to come out today. And I know we're running, we're running tight on time this episode. I'd love to have you. I want to have you back on other episodes because I think you do a lot for the audience and I think you have a lot to bring to the show. I, I think we, we just barely scratched the surface today. How <laughs> yeah, is, uh, how do we, how's the best way that one of the, one of my uh, lady listeners can reach out to you and, and go from there? I'm very social on social media and I always use the handle Whitney buys houses. Okay. Uh, but if you want to go directly to my website, it's WhitneyNicely.com. You can go to WhitneyBuysHouses.com, but you'll just see my houses. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so my name is Whitney Nicely, and WhitneyNicely.com is the best place to find me. All right, and I'll put that out in the show notes, ladies, as well. If you want to access to Whitney directly, but by all means, go to the show notes. I'll give links to her website in there. You can click on those. If you're interested in buying properties in the area, or if you just want to reach out to her, maybe look into her coaching program and see what she has to offer, talk about the Biltmore trip coming up, whatever. I'm sure that is the greatest way to get a hold of her. And for those of you that have not already registered for our Facebook group, let's not forget to go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Cashflowguys.com forward slash group. It's important if you get in there. I'm going to invite Whitney to that here as soon as we get off this episode. That is where the guests of the Cashflow Guys podcast go to, to interact with the audience. If you have questions that are, are pressing and you, you want to get those out there and they're good questions that can help other people, don't hesitate to post that on the internet. Post that on the Facebook group. It is a private group. You can do that. Or if you're not, if you're not comfortable posting a question, email me directly, Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, at cashflowguys.com, and I will put that question out for you uh, anonymously, and then we'll go ahead and answer that as, online as well for the benefit of everyone else. Do appreciate you coming out and spending today uh, with me. We look forward to having you visit us next week, and that is when we're going to have the Ren episode next week, so we're looking forward to that. And as always, get ready to learn to earn. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.